You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Well, we can do a little toast. Cheers. Yes. Thank you for Cheers. joining. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. Hello. Hello. It's Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I have Darian Simone here. You're in town for the Grammys, right? Yes. Well, yes and no. I'm in town for the Grammys, but then also I just decided to make a trip of it. So I recorded some episodes for my podcast. Oh, cute. I saw some people. So I, I feel like I made it productive. Yes. And I, <laughs> I love your podcast. It's called Am I Allowed to Like Anything? Yes. Which is an amazing name. Thank you. <laughs> tell tell us a little bit more about what you do, your background, and why you, and you've been podcasting for a long time. You've had a podcast since, what, 2015? Yeah. It's so, so weird because when I started my podcast, everyone was like, What's a podcast? Yeah, no, not even. They actually made me feel like I started it too late. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, and like, and. But now looking back, I didn't. Of I course, didn't started it at a great time, and now I think you still can start podcasts. Of course, as long as like I think you need to have a very specific angle and, and everything. And I loved it so much. I I honestly loved everyone who I worked with. Um, I worked on like a like a relatively diverse team, like one of the more more diverse yeah. teams I've worked on in in like newsrooms. Okay. And um and I just loved everyone who I worked with. But I have a lot of projects within media that I want to do and start on my own okay and I'm very like entrepreneur minded I'm a I'm a huge self-starter um and so I, was that the decision to move to LA that was the decision to okay. move to LA it was that but also I'm from Buffalo New York and okay. I've been living in the cold for so long and quite I frankly know. I don't have to live this way any longer I know I, you know I know I just came from LA and <laughs> I had the best time the space that people have to live is just right. incredible. There's so much wellness stuff there too, which yeah. I really like. So there's like amazing classes, amazing healthy restaurants. Right. I could see the desire to want to move to LA. Yeah, and now it's just so great because you know I, I was living in Brooklyn when I when I lived in New York. Okay, where in Brooklyn were you? I was in Crown Heights. Crown so Heights. Okay. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. But it was like if I wanted to go to a Barry's boot camp or if I wanted to go to like. Yeah. You had to travel really far. Yeah, it's like 45 minutes, yeah. an extra 45 minutes, and now it's like I walk to Berries. Mm-hmm. And it's just like little stuff like that that makes your life so much easier that maybe you wouldn't think what it would. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so now what I'm basically focusing on is I am working into like being more of a consultant within like 
the audience growth and like social media space. Ah, so right so now, does, does that put pressure on you to have like a huge social following yourself? Yeah. And like, but that's the thing is like, I'm also, I'm doing that, but I'm also taking, I'm trying to keep a lot of my literal like creative energy for my own account. Mm. So to be honest, I'm trying to grow my own account right now so right. that I can like share news with the people who my friends or people just who follow me and like we have similar tastes yeah so like that's what I'm trying to get into yeah and that's a full-time job like growing your following takes a lot of time yeah and like consistency yes and it's like a whole new game it's not like Instagram two or three years ago where you oh, yeah. build it up and, and stuff yeah so, um but I'm working with Glossier right now which I'm really excited <gasps> on oh my god that's yeah. like my favorite brand no they're my favorite brand Emily right Weiss is like idol she is she is extraordinary so that's they're incredible. like one of my I work a lot with like Into the Gloss and then like Glossier <sighs> social media editors on just like helping kind of like serving as someone who is helping them to think of like new ways to grow their audiences on their platform well I've always wanted so I actually started this podcast because of Into the Gloss really because I see this is almost like an audio version of looking at someone's medicine cabinet and yes. seeing what they use and how they use it. And these were not discussions that I was finding anywhere on the podcast app. So I was like, why mm-hmm. don't I start a podcast where I talk to women about their right. approach to beauty and their beauty routines? I've always wondered why they haven't had a podcast. I, yeah, me And too. if they want one, like set, put in the good word for me because I, know, I, I would <laughs> love to host a podcast for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel like, and you're right, I also feel like there's just, what I love about Into the Gloss so much is is there so so I work a lot with um, with Emily Ferber. Okay. And when I talk to her about like what is really the angle for for ITG is it's like yeah, it's the it's the cool girls like medicine yeah. closet, but also they really really don't shout out stuff that they don't use. And mm. it's very much like these like they trust their own taste and that's what I love about them. Yes. And that's yes. why like anyone who they put up on that site, yeah. like I I'm clicking these links. Yes. And I'm yeah. seeing how much these products are. Oh, and oh my I'm gosh. My bank account. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I mean, that's kind of a challenge for me because I'm very like I'm I curate my guests. So I reach mm-hmm. out to people that I think have an interesting point of view and that I know yeah. will have like some good information. Mm-hmm. And then some people pitch themselves to me and yeah. it's kind of uncomfortable because I feel like people at least listen because they trust that the people I'm interviewing have a good point of view. For sure. I feel the same way about my podcast too. Yeah. It's like I don't I don't get a lot of pitches, but it's when you're thinking about like curating your guests, especially when it's like I wish I could call up Issa Rae to be on my podcast right now. I just met her at Sundance. It was a moment, a moment. She's Can gorgeous. I, wait, so why were you in Sundance? I have to know this. So um, Viacom had some presence there. So I was okay. like, kind of working, but I also just went for professional development. So I just yeah. went to see lots of films. And I specifically went to see a lot of short documentaries, just like mm-hmm. to see what stories people can tell in 10 minutes. Because yeah. I'm doing lots of digital content stuff for Viacom. So I was like, let me see what like the best of the best are doing in short form narrative mm-hmm. and documentary. Um, I, felt, I felt very inspired. That's cool. Yeah. I really want to start seeing more films like this upcoming year. I, I didn't see a lot of movies last year. And I have no idea why. I love movies. Yeah. It's so funny. After I asked you to be on the podcast, I saw we were in the same Essence article about like the 2018 oh, yeah. like beauty um, resolutions. I'm going to mm-hmm. read yours because... <laughs> Yours really spoke to me. Um, okay. I'll, and I'll link to the um, story in the show notes for everyone. Yes. But okay, this is your quote. <laughs> Last year, I mastered the art of being intentional about my morning and evening skincare regime in terms of what I'm aiming to treat. This year, I want to find the perfect SPF for my skin and become the lip gloss queen. Also use more natural skincare products. <laughs> 
So, okay, your skin is amazing. Thank you. So you took last year to say, okay, I'm going to focus on my skincare routine. And what were your learnings? Like, what did you land on? Yeah, okay, so here's the thing I, I, I think I need to say first. I am... I am obsessed with okay. skincare. Wait, first of all, how old are you? You're very I'm, young. I'm 27. I just turned 27. Oh, really? Yes. You look young. Yeah, I look young. People like, card you everywhere, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, people card you me everywhere. You look like you're 17. Yeah, in like, in like, especially like the long weave actually makes me look younger, whatever. I'm over it now. I'm like, this is, you know... I'm wearing my SPF. I'm not I'm not going to be looking too old for a while. Yeah, I mean, so, that's a good thing to look really young. Yeah. So, and like what I mean when I say obsessed is I I would say the past like year and a half, I've definitely been had a skincare routine. You know, like I grew up, my mom would buy me Cetaphil and she... Cetaphil's sure I, great. Yeah, Cetaphil is great. Yeah. You know, she was buying me lotions for my face. But up till recently, it wasn't even because I was having problems with my skin. I just noticed myself gravitating more towards skincare as opposed to as opposed to makeup. Yeah. I, lo- I love makeup, mm-hmm. but I think it's a lot to focus on both. both for yeah. me, especially when like you're working and you're, of course, yeah, you just of like course. want clear skin. Yeah. And skincare, I feel like, is the baseline. Like you have to have a good skincare routine before you can even yeah. get into makeup. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what I learned about my about my skin was it was all about really like re- retaining like the natural like barrier like Mm -hmm. protection barrier of oils I have on my face already yes so that's really just what I'm trying to do yes and a lot of people damage it by using really harsh cleansers also over exfoliating everyone's obsessed with their Clarisonic spin brush and they're using it like twice a day and it's like no No, don't do that I actually stopped using like beaded or like scrub like scrub cleanser and I'm in I'm transitioning now more into just using like acids or or you know like a, the A, 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 H, A, B, H, like yes, all of those. Yes, A, H, A, and yeah, all that stuff. Like yeah, like A, H, A. So those are things like I'm taking the time this year to definitely like learn more about. Mm-hmm. Um, but like basically in the morning, I, it, sometimes I wash my face in the morning, sometimes I don't. Yeah. Because if I, let's say like I, I sweat or it's mm-hmm. just really hot, that's when I'll wash my face again yeah. in the morning. But a lot of it is about, in the morning I just am using products because I want my skin to look bright yeah. and I want to just like minimize my pores. Yes, okay. So, so how do you define good skin? Is it small pores and like that natural glow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and agree. In like, and like, also something I learned about my skin too was like, so I have like combo skin and I have mm-hmm. like definitely like a, like a tea oil, like a tea oil oily tea zone yeah Yeah. oily tea zone yeah um i stopped putting lots of like lotions and oils on my t-zone area Ah. and and that's something i picked up from katie jane hughes katie jane hughes okay she's super knowledgeable on skincare and then she's a makeup artist oh cool and so she was talking about like i'm not putting heavy oils where like where i know i'm already you know i have a lot of oil to begin with and it's just going to make it's just going to build up during the day right and so uh and also protecting my skin during the day so i've been like now i'm getting to the space where it's like i want to use more um spfs i want to try them out yeah i want to like figure out the texture of them yes like people love i I know i'm already going to butcher this la roche La Roche Posay. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. And I'm not, I'm not really into it. It's for it. white people. Yeah, like I think. The, I think the, the texture s- of it is really grainy. Yeah, and I. I think that it leaves a cast 
for like the sunscreen at least leaves yeah. the cast. I've tried their sunscreen and I was not impressed. The sunscreen that I love is from Murad. It's like a vitamin mm. C one. And then Chantecaille makes the best sunscreen ever. It's like a sunscreen primer, but it's $100. Oh my God. But it's amazing. Yeah. I Actually, one of my last one that I tried that I really loved, I picked up at Sephora. It's by Kane and Austin. Ah, okay. And I really liked it just because it went on super sheer um, and it was moisturizing. Yeah. I felt like, honestly, I didn't even need a moisturizer after putting on the yeah. SPF during the day. Amazing. So, so yeah, there's that. And then what I like at night, it's more about, I'll use my toner again. Um, I stopped, I used to use really harsh cleansers. I stopped doing okay, good. that. Yeah. And, Have you ever tried um, oil cleansing? Okay. I, I haven't. That's like my obsession. Are you? Okay. Yeah. And I, how my, did you get into it? Well, my skincare, maybe for the past like two years now, it's pretty much all like natural oils. Like I make mm-hmm. my, all my own serums and my Ooh. own moisturizers. Yeah. I don't make my own eye cream. Um, but I just remember reading about it like years ago. I used to follow this site called Minimalist Beauty and she wrote all yeah. about oil cleansing and I started doing it and it's just like a game changer. Yeah. Okay. So when you, when you oil cleanse, do you use a second cleanser after? No. Wow. I'll do witch hazel after. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I really, I feel like I need to try it, but consistently. You should. Okay. I have a little gift for you when you leave of like some natural, like to make your own face masks. Because that's another thing. Like I see all these like packaged masks being sold at Sephora and I'm like, that's a bullshit product. It's so easy to take like activated charcoal or bentonite clay and like mix it with apple cider vinegar or yogurt or lemon and make your own face mask. And the results are so much better than like a store-bought face mask. You know what? I've been like thinking so much about these sheet masks and and really trying to figure out if they work well okay here's the thing here's my issue with the sheet masks half of them are korean which is fine Mm k-beauty's huge yeah but you can't even read what is in them like (laughs) the labels are entirely in a different language right people are putting this stuff on their face they don't know what it is it's just like a little bit dicey. Yeah, I think that there are some that people rave about, like the jo- like the Joan Vargas mask, yes. which I have not tried. I haven't tried it either. But I've like heard re- like really great reviews about that one. But I just don't know how sustainable the effects are of a mask. Like they seem very much like something where it's like maybe I'm going someplace and yeah. I just like need my face to look extra bright or something like that. Yeah. Um, but even for that, like even for brightness, like turmeric and lemon, like it's going to be hard to amazing. beat that, you yeah, know, like yeah. all of these chemical oh products, these commercial products, it's yeah. like you look at the fifth ingredient and they're like, you know, one hundredth of turmeric was added to this, but you can just go straight to the source. Right. That's like my whole thing. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like the tide is slowly changing towards more natural For skincare, sure. but it's hard to find resources because the beauty industry wants you to buy products. So they're not going to tell you, you don't really need this. You can yeah. just make it yourself. So in that, in like thinking about also like ingredients and products, that's why I've been liking the Ordinaries products. Mm, yeah. I just actually ordered like my first shipment of their stuff before. I've never used it before. And their packaging's beautiful. Yeah. And I like them because like they really educate you. Yes. Like on what these products do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm really like di- like taking the time to dig more into that. Yeah. So that I can really like figure I just want to become more knowledgeable on it. Yes. I want to find a way to, I always tell people this, like I need to be a beauty editor in my next life or yeah. something. Like that. Me too. I mean, you know, even though I think one of the challenges for beauty editors is because they get sent stuff all the time, mm-hmm. they're always trying different stuff. Yeah. And I think your skin freaks out when it's exposed to so many different products. Yeah. Ashley Weatherford, yes. 
you to edit at the cut. I know. Everyone keeps telling I need to just reach out to her and be you like, can I interview should. you? Because she comes up all the time. Yeah, she's been on my podcast. And what she tells me she will do is she'll like tr- use one half of her face to try a product. Because that's like one of the only ways where she can where she has a control yeah 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 so I think she has her own system of doing it and it varies based on products but that's how she'll say like she'll 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 try certain products I don't think like everything obviously to kind of like see how they work on her already beautiful skin yes okay I have to go listen to her episode one Mm -hmm. one of the most amazing episodes that you did and it's so funny how I found it I was so fascinated you know how you have these like Instagram girl crushes like these people that you follow and you don't know anything about them right but also this girl in particular is very mysterious. I was like, who is she? What's her background? It was Elise Peterson. Yes. And I searched her name in the podcast app to be like, has anyone talked to this woman? Because she's so fascinating. Yeah. And I know she's kind of like Solange affiliated and she's like an amazing artist and she's amazing style. Right. But I didn't know her story. Mm-hmm. And from her Instagram, you just see these fabulous pictures. Right. You don't know her story and from, yeah. then I found your interview <laughs> and I was like, I mean, she was a dominatrix working in a dungeon. Yes. Like, um, I was beyond. Yeah, you just things that you wouldn't like know about her up front. Um, I love Elise. I know Elise through through a mutual friend that we both have. Okay. And um, and her art has been like blowing up, and it's just nice to see. It's nice and and just like gratifying to see people who you know like m- just making money from their art and oh getting my gosh, it. You know yeah, what I mean? So. Yeah. I'm really proud of her. Yeah. So how do you, so how do you pick? Like, is there anyone that you think is really fascinating that you'd love to interview that you haven't been able to yet? Mel- Melina Matsukas. Oh, I really, yes. really want her on my podcast, and I just don't feel like it's far. It's of it's course. unattainable. Yeah. Have you reached um, out? I haven't reached out to her yet. I have a I have a solid connection, so I'm okay. trying to like get that connection to introduce us yes so that's what I'm working on right now um but I just really like her work I feel like I've always we followed should, it for people that don't know oh yeah even though like I'm gonna assume everyone listening is like a Beyonce stan like me she is one of the most amazing like directors filmmakers and she directed most of Beyonce's like best visual yeah, work she did a lot of I want to say she did most, most of, of lemonade. Or all of lemonade yeah I just love her evolution as an artist and she's also an example of someone who it wasn't about getting Instagram famous right. it wasn't about being popping on social media like like it was about her craft, right. which I really, really like. And like now, people are like, "Oh, she's popping!" And like, this is her, this is her moment, this yeah, is her time. Yeah. And it's not, and it's because of her work. It's right. not because of like stuff she was trying. She's it, like an it girl. Yeah, right. like in in it, and it became less about about the social media following and more of like how her work spread on those platforms, like through like her voice and her tools and through and through her like like directing yeah so I really like her I think she's really cool my friends call me like the like the little Melina Mitsukas because like whenever I'm taking photos of them I'm like I have a vision like you need to stand right here I'm trying to take the best photos of you like that's a good friend yeah so (laughs) I I really like her a lot I'm sure that interview will happen in 2018 so you're gonna be in the same room as Beyonce on Sunday for the Grammys yeah have you met her before 
So funny story. I used to intern for her publicist, Yvette Noel Shore, and no I interned way. at Parkwood. <gasps> you interned at Parkwood? Yes. I always joke that that's like the job <laughs> that I need to have, but like can't have because I won't be able to detach myself from my obsession for her to like give sound strategy and advice. Like I wouldn't be cool in meetings. So wait, you like saw her all the time then? Yeah, she yeah she would come into the office because like and I and I say that because I. I want people to know that like she was coming into the office Work. and like working with people and talking with people and like be like being present like in that space. I wanted to see her all the time, obviously. Yeah. But it was like, you know, hi, like hi, bye, hello, like obviously like being like nice and cordial oh and gosh. stuff. I got to watch her creative director, um, his name's Jen K. Tali. Okay. Um, like at the, he was the one who like a creative directive for and like the run the world video oh my god and it was really brilliant to watch him work and also um Kwesi Forjor who still works there right now as like a as a in like a creative role yeah her team and, is just amazing yeah and it was just really cool to see the way that they um like organize creativity um you know like it's very fashion and clothes based um like working um I loved working with Raquel and with and with Ty you know like I'm there early in the morning organizing shoes like it was just like those little tiny moments yes. that I was able to take like methods of of like creative thinking mm -hmm. and now I don't work in fashion or in music but I was able to like take those processes and apply them to my work still yes in like into journalism and media in like creative ways that's so cool so it was really cool yeah I also feel like it's a really great time to be a creator because we have all of these tools to allow us to put our content out mm -hmm. that we didn't have before and mm -hmm. the barriers to entry are pretty relatively low I would say so yeah they've been democratized yeah so. I do think there's a lot of hesitation though to put something out that's perfect from the beginning and that's the number one thing that I say will kill your ability like I agree when yeah. I listen back to like my early podcast episodes I'm like wow struggle but it's you just have to put it out you know right. what I mean yeah exactly no I agree and then it gets better and better and better but yes. it doesn't get better if you don't put anything out at all yes so in LA now, mm -hmm. do you miss your kind of creative community in New York or do you feel like there is that community in LA too? I definitely miss it. I definitely miss it. I would say that I miss it. I feel like I'm starting to find more of my tribe and people mm -hmm. in LA, but it's definitely a process. Yeah. But it's definitely not this like not the same. Especially to me, like I love living in Brooklyn and I think like what what young people are of color are, are doing there is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Like yep. the work that they're doing and like yeah. the space that they're taking up is really cool um, and important. And so I think I'm, I'm transitioning into, into finding yes. it. But honestly, I feel like a lot of what I'm spending my time doing right now is working and making sure that I can pay my bills. <laughs> and then that's real. Yeah. And then like all in still finding a way to focus on my podcast, to focus mm -hmm. on projects and media that I want to do that aren't like bringing in revenue right now, right. but I'm, I want them to get to that place. Right. So that I don't, maybe I, I don't have to consult as much anymore. Yeah. I don't have to freelance on like short term or long term projects, you know? Right. right. Um, I just knew that I had to get out of an office. And so that's what I'm what I'm working okay. on doing. On a more superficial note, I saw mm -hmm. that you left your hairdresser behind in New York <laughs> that you love. And that's a very real thing. Like oh our relationship. God. And I actually don't have like a hair because I'm wearing my hair natural. Mm -hmm. I don't I just do it myself. How has it been 
finding a new hairdresser in LA and like yeah. don't, don't you miss that relationship I really really miss it because <laughs> okay first of all shout out to Giovanna Moody if you live in Brooklyn or if you are just looking for a great weave um, a great an amazing haircut yeah. a great can I, color can I ask you about mm-hmm. well one I'll link to all of her information below yeah. so you guys can all find her but I've always had a hard time with weave because I feel like I can never blend my hair with the... That's the hardest part. Yeah. So, one, I think it's about the texture of the weave. I think that you can definitely find textures that will help to match your hair, but okay. that takes research. I'm wearing Indique right now. Oh, I know um, Indique. They're in yeah, Harlem, right? Yeah, so they're... I think they have... I think they have... They have a boutique shop in Soho. I don't know if they have one in Harlem too. They have different kinds of textures, even beyond beyond like the bouncy wave or the curl. Like they have different textures of straight. Okay. And then something else I've been using that I feel like a lot of people just don't know about that Giovanna um, informed me on was a Pravana smoothing treatment. Okay. It's specifically for natural curl, natural hair that has no chemicals in it. And essentially what it just helps to do is to smooth out your curl. Does it loosen your curls though? It loosens your mm. curl some, but it's basically like a a better, it's, it's not a relaxer and it's not a keratin treatment. It's more of just like a gentler way to, to loosen. I wouldn't say loosen your curl. I think, actually, I think the correct term is to, quite frankly, loosen it. Okay. But why I like it is because when I flat iron my hair, it helps to blend, it helps it basically to blend more with the weave. Right. And you don't have to, you probably don't have to use as much heat because you have the treatment. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's, and it's actually a good protectant too. It feels less like, like a chemical, like a relaxer where you're kind of damaging your hair. Yeah. And it feels more like a protectant and something where like, it's it's gone in in like six to eight weeks okay. most for the most part okay. um and it's and it's easy to get to get put back back in and so I really I really like having it yeah and that's kind of like my trick that I use to okay. help to blend the weave and so is <laughs> is a weave like your go-to no honestly my weave isn't my my okay. go-to the reason why I got my weave right before I had left by Giovanna was because I didn't know what I was going to be doing with my hair in LA mm-hmm. um I actually wear a lot of braids. Okay. Oh, yes. I'm sure and your like braids I, are beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, a woman, Sonia, in Brooklyn, she's a, she's the one who I actually found through my friend during St. Felice, who is oh, a culture yeah, writer course. for Yeah, so I love her writing. Yeah, Everything she's, she writes is so she's good. an extraordinary, like, thinker, thought leader, journalist. Um, found Sonia through her. So, I was just, especially here where when you don't, when you're someone like me who, you no longer have a relaxer, but you still... I, I like to wear my hair straight. I just think it's really easy. Mm-hmm. I like the look of it. Um, I, I haven't gotten into a space yet where I'm like fully wearing my hair natural and curly yet, yep. but I'm getting there. <laughs> so so in the summer, I braid my hair because yes. I'm trying to wear it straight. It, it's just like... I, Darian just like needs to have her hair braided yeah. over the summer. Yeah. And so... Where was I going with that? So I, I was bringing that's my your hair. go-to. Yeah, that's braids. my go-to. But I just didn't know what would be happening in, in LA, in, LA in terms of hair. So I was like, if I can put some of it up and protect some of it, then then that will be good too. My mom also used to be a hairstylist. Well, she ah, still is. Okay. She used to work in 
a salon and like okay. so she's always giving me like great products that you really can't get, get unless you have the hookup. Yeah, unless you have a license and the hookup. Yeah. So I, I haven't found anyone yet because I haven't needed to because I've had my weave. Right. So I'll just wash it myself, like make sure that I'm under, I have like a little hood dryer okay. to make sure that my tracks like dry all the way. Yeah, because the mildew situation can be yeah. serious. Yeah, and you don't want any of that. Do you reuse your hair? Um. Yeah, I reuse my okay. hair. Mm-hmm. I had to stop doing weave. I mean, I haven't done a weave in forever, but it just became so expensive. The hair is so expensive. Yeah, the hair is so expensive. The, installa- for sure. the installation you have to pay for quality because you don't uh, why buy nice hair if you're not going to have the best person right. put it in so, so you paid a lot for the installation and but then the thing that I would always do is people would say like oh we'll just reuse the hair but I would put it in and then I would start cutting it and I yeah. would and then when it was time to get it again I'd be like I don't want to use this hair I want fresh new hair and it yeah. becomes so expensive it becomes really really expensive and that's I think partially why I was like, if I'm going to have this in, quite frankly, I'm going to have this in for for a few months, probably, honestly, a little bit longer than that, and just wash it and keep it up. Yeah, yeah. So, Do you, Are there any women that are around now, actresses, models, whatever, that you feel like are just like killing it from a beauty perspective that you just mm. think... I know you saw Lala last night and you were like, Lala yeah. is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. I have loved Lala Vasquez like since the MTV since days. MTV days. I just will always be an admirer of her from, a, from afar. Yeah. Um, who is someone who, let me look through my phone quickly. I take a lot of screenshots. Yeah. Well, why don't so, you should use the bookmarking tool? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why don't I do that? Yeah. I used to do a lot of screenshots and then I was like, I can save them all in Instagram. I would actually say that I love SZA's look. Of course. Her Obviously. look is just yeah. It's so natural. How does she do her hair? Gloss- I have so many questions about her hair. Like, obviously, well, we know it's on her hair. Right, she adds right, to right, it. Right, that right. was like that huge controversy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, everyone just take a deep breath. It's fine. It's not all yeah, her hair. Exactly. So she must add like clip-ins. She must know. blow out her natural hair and then add in clip-ins that are like the exact same texture. Because it wonder, can't be a weave. I wonder if anyone has specifically asked her about her hair. Just like a piece oh, on how Sizzle does her hair in the morning. I would love to interview her. I'm, I'm going to... I'm Her be- her whole beauty routine is just incredible. I need to do that. Yeah. I really want to pull up someone else who's, who's beauty routine who isn't so cliche like obviously SZA. She's amazing. Um, oh, you know who I think who I really like their look and I think they're really cute? Princess Nokia. Oh, I agree. She is f- phenomenal personality-wise, but I like the way that she plays with lip and with freckles yeah. and with makeup, and I think she's really cute. I'm not a big lipstick girl. Yeah. I'm a big lip gloss girl. Lip gloss. Yeah, so that's why when, when Rihanna rolled out with the lip gloss oh, first. The gloss balm is the best lip gloss I I've ever like, used in my life. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Yeah. And, it, and, and literally anyone can use it, I think. It's like perfect for every skin tone. Um but yeah, I think Princess Nokia is really cute. Yeah, she is adorable. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit more about your background and like growing up in Buffalo, New oh. York and how you kind of came into, like, did you ever have an awkward phase? Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Buffalo, New York, but I specifically grew up in a suburb 10 minutes away from Buffalo called Williamsville. I lived up the street from my elementary school and really up until middle school, I was either the only black girl in my class or mm. there was another black black boy. His name is Denzel and we're still good friends today. <laughs> or it was him. Um, and a lot of the times, not only the only black girl, but the only girl of color. Wow. So I grew up in this environment where I was, uh, I had a lot of white friends and a lot of white teachers. 
mostly white teachers. I, th- I honestly think the only black, my two black teachers I've ever had were in college. Wow. I, like I never had any black teachers, even while I was growing up, like wow. through my adolescence. Wow. How do you think that affected your kind of sense of self and what was beautiful being surrounded by whiteness yeah. all the time? I, now looking back, I felt like, and the good thing about with my mom being a hairstylist mm-hmm. is she was also helping me. I, I grew up with a relaxer like most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, because I came from this family that was like, rooted in blackness my grandma had like a soul food restaurant in the city so I didn't feel like I was isolated from people who looked like me got it which I think is important but mm-hmm. at the same time there were times when my mom would call me out and she'd say mm. I heard that you said that you wanted to have hair like your white friends mm. um I'd say things like oh I wish my hair was as straight as yours mm. or um or I don't know. It was mostly hair stuff. Yeah. It was less of like a complexion thing and yeah. it was less of um, like like facial features yeah. and it was more of the hair yeah. that I, I think my, my mom relaxed my hair to make it easy for herself. Right, right. And a lot of black girls grew up with relaxers. I grew like, up with relaxers. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. up until like a few years ago, oh we God. all had relaxers. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was more of, it was more of that. But then I would say as I... I I went to public school and then I transitioned to like a private Catholic school. Okay. Um, And not going to school with men, I think is like amazing. Yeah. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I went to an all-girls school, too. Yeah, like, wait, what's the name of this school that you and Hannah were both talking about? Spence. Yes. Yeah. This seems like a very, <laughs> how do how do I describe it? A, a very, uh, like, New York kind of situation. Yes, yeah. Like, that, that awful book series, Gossip Girl, is kind of based on this really? scene. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think the author went to Nightingale, which is, like, very close to Spence, but yeah, I same see. Yeah. kind of. So, when, while I was there, like... You because you don't have to worry about a male gaze, right? Like your confidence is just you, through the roof. Yeah, like through the roof, yeah. literally. And so there, I don't know. I was like president of my of my class one year, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was embraced by all different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. But I only think that was because at a young age I learned how to connect with all different kinds of people Mm. which I think is good and and to be completely transparent with you it wasn't until I got to college that I started to really kind of 
pass or like notice microaggressions to mm. be like they're like I, I obviously I grew up around racism and, right. and people who, who viewed me in a certain right. way right but I think that because of my family and just like I, like I was a nice girl you right. know I could talk to you <laughs> right I it, it wasn't that I wasn't thinking about skin color I, I obviously was right. but to me I think at the time it was like these are these are people who I literally grew up around right like I grew up being the only black girl in my classes. Right. You know, like and we didn't we also didn't have the vocabulary of microaggression. So when right, someone asks to touch your hair, you're like, sure you can touch my hair, right. Sally or whatever. You know, you don't you don't see it as this like offensive. You don't thing. It, yeah. yeah. And and so and so I don't and so I don't I don't want it to come off as like I didn't see color or like or or, or anything weird like that. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely now like when I think about about race and how it's used to almost like distract us from just quite frankly living our lives and being ourselves and, and making work that isn't a response to how other people view me but it is a response to how I how I view myself mm. um I have a, a like a greater sense of that which I'm which I'm really really grateful yeah. for but a lot of like this like this wokeness for a lack of a better term I didn't I didn't have that when I was in in high school like to me it was like a human thing and right. I don't mean that to like erase to erase race or gender right, from right. from the equation but for me it was like yeah I know we don't look anything alike but I feel have a feeling like I can find something that we both have in common. Of course, of course. And, and then people like Darian, and I'm president of my class, or you know, right. I'm able to just like navigate friend groups, yeah. which is kind of what I do now, is I navigate these friend groups that I have. Yeah. So, did it change in college? It changed in college because I went to school in Boston. Okay. And. I mean, it's a very Boston's a very white city. It's a very I, so I've heard. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and so um, I was taking classes and things I actually wanted to do, which changes the game. Yes, you know, like doing things you actually want to do, and it was a very also hands-on school, which I loved a lot. I think it changed because. I think just being in a city where I was exposed to different kinds of people. When you're living in the suburbs, well, okay, I I, I live in my home, I get on my driveway, I'm I'm in a car all day. I'm not really exposed to other people who aren't like me. Mm -hmm. And I think I just became more aware of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to think more about like race and class because yeah. I was taking those yeah. classes. Did you seek out black friends when you got to college? No, I didn't. I don't know why though. I think it was because I was already hanging out around a lot of white people yeah. to begin with that it wasn't the first thing to to come to mind. Okay. Um, but I most certainly like made uh, like made black friends. F- like within college but then I also felt like I had a lot of white friends too like it was definitely very I was navigating these circles that they weren't navigating because they were they were in their groups yep which is typically what people what people do because sure, you find your sure. source. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I'm weird in that way. Now I now I feel like I'm overanalyzing myself. But. No, no. I mean, I think my friend group is certainly split, and it's actually so interesting. Even with this podcast, a lot of women, young black women, will reach out to me and be like, "Thank you for talking to black women." But I don't only talk to black women mm-hmm. because it's also interesting to hear about women that aren't black and their experience with beauty and their approach to beauty, right? And a lot of the assumptions 
that we have. Like one of the most surprising things has been talking to white women about their hair and all the struggles they have. I'm like, oh, what? I thought you just <laughs> yeah. put it in a ponytail in and a kept ponytail it moving. Bun, yeah. But they have all these blowouts and like they have their whole and thing too. That they do. So I, th- I think that there's value in having a diverse friend. And we always talk about diversity and inclusion, but I think that you will be in a good position throughout your career in media by having mm. so many different connections across racial lines. Because if you just stay in your group, it's hard to... Yeah, you know. and like and like sometimes you can def- definitely you can you you can find ways to thrive that you can find ways to thrive that way but only until how far. And I and I think I think very similarly about my podcast where my podcast has mostly been black like black women and women of color specifically mm-hmm. with within media. Is that and intentional? It's actually the the thing the thing that tears me up inside is that it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. A part of it are people who I know who I think are interesting mm-hmm. and who I'm personally attracted to mm-hmm. as another black woman. Mm-hmm. But at the same time it's like white podcast women or men aren't being asked um so is this a podcast for white women exactly. or you know oh my God. And, and, yeah. so, and so for me it's like one of my efforts that I am really working on is I want to from a from a from a race lens yeah but from a like socioeconomic level from a job like job field I want to diversify my mm-hmm. podcast in that way because I don't know like I, I want to make a podcast for the humanity for yes, the humanity yeah. yeah and like and like I deserve to do that even like even as a marginalized woman right who, like I still deserve to do that of course. And like my podcast doesn't have to be only only black women yes but also it's something that I take pride in too because yes. so I don't yeah. know it's I, I don't know it's something that like I work through but I want to start having like a, m- a more diverse Rolodex not just in race but in other areas of life yeah. and of ex- in, in like diversity of experience too yes yes it, I think it's a very interesting time like I, you know I went to an all-girls school as well and I definitely consider myself a feminist there's a lot of backlash against white feminism mm-hmm. and feeling <laughs> like white women aren't keeping black women specifically in mind when they talk about like the struggle and there was this it was a protest sign at the women's march that got people all riled up and it was um if it wasn't for trump we'd be at brunch right now and so people were really upset and rightfully so because it's like okay yeah we've been out here marching and fighting like right if clinton was in office we'd still be out here because things have not been good for a very long time right but just that lens of like that oh. literally sums it up yeah i know and and, and but they that, would be that, and that but that sign speaks to a larger sentiment that i think causes that tension between black women and this idea about white feminism mm-hmm. so yeah wow i'm Number one, cannot believe that I have not seen that sign. But I would even say, as someone who maybe I haven't had the same experience as another black woman with white women, Mm -hmm. their points are obviously without question still valid because mm-hmm. you see it play out on the internet oh, of and how people and how people interact with one another yeah and how people treat and literally speak to one another and tweet at one another mm-hmm. between black women and white women and not and not understanding or understanding yeah. or you know like like what what does that look like and, and and what is what is too much and what is not enough yeah did you do anything for the women's march i didn't the reason why i actually regret it 
I feel like there's either one or two ways that people go. People go and, and they add it to their Instagram story. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh my God, I wanted to tweet something really snarky. It was like, is a woman's march for Instagram? Or the reason why I didn't do it is because I haven't been to, I didn't go to the one last year and I didn't go to the one th- this year. I didn't go to the one last year because I was covering it in the newsroom as a news curator. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't go this year because I essentially decided not to go. And I think a part of it was based off of like my own fear. Hmm. I feel like my form of like activism in just like being like educating myself socially and kind of like showing people my lens and my view of like what I stand up for protest has never been like physical protest has never been part in marching has never been a part of that Mm. I feel like I've tried to do it in other ways whether it was like calling something out at work and speaking Mm -hmm. to the right person about it it took me a while to kind of come to terms with that Mm. because especially after actually honestly after Trayvon Martin died yeah and George Zimmerman was found not guilty for anything. That was a a defining moment in my life. And I think for a lot of black people. Because our parents had always told us that the system's not fair, but the evidence was so black and white. And then when you saw like, what, he's he's not going to be convicted it was yeah, kind of like this I, yeah I think for I think for a lot of like black people who maybe like you're not exposed to police brutality or know people who have right. which which I which I haven't I knew it but that to me was the first time where it was being exposed in media for a time where we were aware mm-hmm. around you know yes, yes this wasn't like when, when the LA riots happened I no. was I was maybe zero <laughs> yeah we I was like, like maybe five months or so yeah so, so for me, and also I feel like I do it through my, through my work too, mm. even as a black woman working in media who is like helping to spread information in what I want to be a very like clear way. I think that there's also a way that I, what am I trying to say? I think that by being a black woman who has worked in newsrooms and also someone who's like helping to influence how other people are consuming information, mm-hmm. that's like an important role that yeah. I have through my experience as a black woman. Of course, of someone course. who's like traditionally not there not, are not enough of us in newsrooms. Yes, and we're not part of those conversations. So just yeah. being there and like being there alone is a form of protest and a form of like radicalism because you're making your voice heard. Yeah, and so. And so with that being said, I wish I would have went to the Women's March to to protest and to kind of get out of my comfort zone in that way. And I think I should have done it. Um, but also at the same time, I'm not beating myself up for not doing it. Did you go? You went to the Women's March? I didn't go. Okay. I was at Sundance. Oh, okay. I was at Sundance. I, saw I heard her. they had like a, like a small they, one. They did Sundance, like a small one there. I saw, I saw a Gloria Allred documentary that day. And she's like... Yeah very women's rights um, oriented you know I've never gone to one of the like women's marches Um, maybe next year we can go I know I I, and I and I understand why there are women particularly particularly black women who don't go yeah I feel like there's someone who I haven't I haven't met her personally but we like follow each other on Instagram Kimberly Drew okay Museum Mammy yeah 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 and she had a really great post just about 
I, f- I feel like I should kind of bring it up right now and just give yeah, you a little no. quote because I don't want to misquote her. Yeah, and I remember the post about how she felt like she wasn't physically and emotionally able mm-hmm. to be there but she was with them in spirit but yes please please yeah. read please read her post because I, I just don't want to get her her words wrong and I think they're really good she goes last year I did in March I boarded a plane in, to Cuba a mix of anxiety and exhaustion and exhaustion made me terrified wondering if my body could handle the women's march and and that's what specifically mm-hmm. like some women do it for that reason as well and like like Kimberly's protest looks different yes. right than yes. than mine and from the women who marched that like that day yeah and so when I saw that it was affirming because it made me feel like right I don't it this isn't my performance like this isn't the way that I would like to do it but also I think I should knowing me also push myself a little bit out of my comfort zone and maybe and maybe do it or maybe another kind of march yeah you know I just think that I can't use for me specific I'm talking specifically about myself I'm really careful not to use self-care as an excuse for the things I'm just afraid to do. Oh, apps. Can you speak a little bit more <laughs> on that? Because that is, that is a word. Yeah. Like for me, I, I'm going to repeat it again. I don't use self-care as a means to not do the things I'm afraid to do. Mm-hmm. And I'll get like, I'll give you a good example. I put myself through a lot in a day. I I freelance, I'm working on my podcast, I have like a relationship that I, like all of these these different parts of my life that I am trying to manage. I also want to work out and I want to eat well. Yeah. And I have friends who's, uh, whose texts I don't want to ignore. Right. And let's say that there is a book reading that night that like I really want to go to, but I... I'm using maybe the fact that I am super tired to... Maybe that's a bad example. No, listen, (laughs) I know exactly what you mean because what I I see is people with the covers over them on a couch watching Netflix, eating carbs, being like, hashtag self-care. That's not (laughs) self-care. That's not self-care. Maybe a day of that, but... Yes, and we all know when we need to relax, but I agree with you that some people have been leaning on self-care to avoid doing what's actually ultimately best for them. Yes. Like, when you're feeling crappy, that's when you should be going to the gym the most or making a green smoothie or whatever. Right, and, like, I think that's, like, a good example in the way of, like, you're you're using self-care as an excuse for not being productive. Exactly. At least for me. Like, I'm someone who... I'm, like, highly functional right Mm -hmm. I want to be very productive throughout my day Mm -hmm. and I can't always it's almost like you use self-care as a way to not make yourself feel bad about all the Netflix that you watch (laughs) or maybe you shouldn't have or maybe you should have like I think it all is based on context but being aware of that context I think is really important yeah and I just don't want to use self-care as a way for me to not get stuff done I agree like there's a lot of hard choices I know I'm going to have to make within the next year two years Mm -hmm. and and self-care it, it cannot be all of the the reasons for the cannot be all the excuses i i couldn't agree more i couldn't <laughs> yeah. agree more that's just my big thing that's just my thing about it no that's i mean i think that's such a good point i'm so happy you brought that up okay so talk to me a little bit about the beauty products that you're absolutely in love and obsessed with okay. and that you can't live without <laughs> so obviously i put some thought into yes, this because okay. i wanted to come prepared yes. 
both all three are skincare products. Okay. I thought about doing makeup, but then I was like, I'm just gonna commit to the skincare. Okay. What I've been using recently, I found out about them. They're a classic brand, um, Erno Laslio. Oh my gosh, yes. I got a sample of their stuff once and it's insane. Yeah, their stuff is really, really good. I kind of like found out about them. They've been around for a while through Violet Gray, Gray Violet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That site, that like very, very upper, upper echelon site. (laughs) But they have a light, they call it light controlling lotion and it's a toner. And when I put that, there was a, there was a point in time where all I was doing in the morning was slathering that stuff on my skin. Um, And then I was just putting on my SPF and then I was just using like um, a, the Glossier Priming Moisturizer. Okay. Mixing it with a little of um, Laura Mercer's like, it's like a very shimmery uh, primer. Okay. And just putting on my face and like the toner just keeps your skin even and glowing. Yeah. It's amazing. I forgot about that product and it it makes your pores really small too. It makes your pores really small. The the smell is a little hard to get used to. It's very perfumey. Yeah. At first. But but I'm used to it now and I absolutely love it okay. and I think it's gonna be a product that like I always use now. It's expensive though. Yeah, it's like I think it's like fifty dollars or something like that. Yeah, but it's it, worth it. It's worth it. Okay. It's like it's my it's my splurge for sure. Okay. Um, another product. This is more of something that I've been using probably for a year. I would say like a year and a half, so it lasts long. It's by um Caudalie, okay. and it's an overnight detox night oil. And so it's just like a good repair. It's a really nice, like not too greasy oil. Okay. And so let's say I was especially using it. There was a point in time where I was using retinol. Yes. Which can be super drying for your skin. Very, very drying for your skin. So at night I was like slathering the, like the Caudalie detox oil on my face. And then I was putting my primer on or I was putting my moisturizer on. After that. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to challenge you on that one. We can Google it together. Let's figure out what the ingredients are. And I bet you could make that nighttime oil yourself. Oh, I know, I know. I was, I had recently, go- it's and it's plant-based too. Of course. So yeah. I'm sure it's like rosehip oil and like all the stuff that you can Great buy. Seal. Exactly. Um, and then this is a new product from a brand that I recently found out about. Have you heard of Beauty Pie? No. Okay. Ooh, Beauty so Pie. Okay. Beauty Pie. And this is really what I think we're going to start to see more of. Beauty Pie is a platform in which you pay anywhere from 10 to $20 for a membership. Yeah. And what they do is they give you an allowance per month that you can that you can basically use to buy discounted products at that discounted price. Ah, so interesting. So let's say I there and what they do is they basically they're kind of like an Everlane. They cut out the middleman. Yeah, okay. And so they're able to sell their products really Fascinating. cheaply from from the same like manufacturers or labs where like these really expensive brands that we use all the time come from. And it's perfect for me, someone who is like I want to try new stuff but right. I'm on a budget. Right. So let's say there is a lotion, like a face lotion that's mm-hmm. allegedly like um, $130. They're selling it to me for $20. Got it. And, but in my allowance, it's taking out the, of my membership, it's taking out the 130 Okay. Does that make sense? But so I'm, you pay a membership fee. Yeah. And then you get, through that membership fee, you get access to these discounted products. Right. So how much is the membership fee? So the membership fee is $10. That's, and then, so you get like $100, or for 15 you get $150 a month, or for 20 you get $200 Got a month. Got it. And so that, and then they give you like an extra 100 at the very start. 
Wow. So that's like 200 to start off with. So I bought a new cleanser that I'm, that I'm loving. This is um, a brilliant idea. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and, and so, and so I've started to use, it's like, it's like an anti-aging moisturizer. I was like, <laughs> because you so need that. Right. I mean, isn't it crazy that as women in our twenties, we're like, so I'm using this anti-aging yeah. And a part of me was like, like my thing is I'm definitely someone who was like, if I can just maintain what I have now, then anti-aging won't be a thing. I'm more bought it because I really needed a new moisturizer. Yeah. They were branding it as anti-aging. So I was like, and it's cheap. And okay. I just got this. Yeah. So that's why I bought it. I ended up really liking it. I love it because it's, it looks like a very rich moisturizer, yeah. but um, it goes on, it absorbs very quickly. It sinks in. It that's sinks my in. number one like pet peeve when you get something that just sits on top of your skin and right. it doesn't like... Pretty, yeah, it, and yeah. so I was I was actually quite impressed okay. with like with the product, and so that's my new my new lo- my new lotion that I've been loving so far. Okay, all all great skincare tips and yeah. beauty pie sounds so interesting. I'll yeah, definitely you should def- check I think it's out. like based in the UK or something like that. Brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant. Okay, now to transition to the negative. What are some of the beauty <laughs> trends that you do not want to see continued into 2018? Which is tough because. I think yeah. we've gone too far with the highlighter. I agree. I think that... No, I agree. I, cause, I, yeah. Because it used to be that everyone hated like the over-contouring, but now highlighter is just getting a little too much. Yeah, like I just... I don't know. Like if I... I want personally... And also it's just my everyday makeup. I want my highlighter to look very, very natural. Absolutely. Like what I actually do a lot of the time, like my 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 main kind of primers that I use yeah. is um, Makeup Forever has basically like a clear hydrating one. Okay. I'll mix it with the Laura Mercer like shimmery one and I'll honestly just like, it's so light that I actually just put it all over oh, my everywhere. face. Yeah, and then like when I take photos, it ends up just popping right here to begin with. Right, because that's where, you, that's like the highest point of your yeah, face anyway. Yeah, so like I don't even really go yeah. like that well people like, people want you to see their highlight from across the room right and I'm just over it like it doesn't look natural I don't think it looks cute and I, I just don't want I don't want anything to do with it so I'm guessing you don't have Rihanna's trophy wife no I don't and like in and, and I honestly don't want it because I just don't have an I think I may want it for like memorabilia yeah but I really don't I it's just does not appeal to me yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Any other beauty trends that you think just need to retire? I would say, I mean, this is more of like for the kids, and I think they're really creative. Um, and it's an older trend, but the squiggly eyebrows, yeah, especially as someone who is like I and your eyebrows are gorgeous. You have beautiful thank you. Eyebrows. I, you know, like and it's like. I, I'm really into the eyebrows and I'm always like looking at other girls' eyebrows. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, ooh, could I try that that eyebrow look? Whatever. Yeah. That one is like a funny one, but also people, the teens were like legit doing videos of it on Instagram and I was like, bless y'all. I know. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm going to be happy when you're out of this phase of your life. <laughs> you know what's interesting about it though? I think, and we're, you know, close in age. Mm-hmm. I think that we approach beauty as a way to like look good and enhance what we naturally have. Yeah. And maybe the younger generation is looking at it less of let me look pretty and more about self-expression. I think you're right. 
you know, which is that's really not, cool. That's not pretty by any, like no one would right. look at a squiggle brown and be like gorgeous, <laughs> yeah, stunning, slay. girl. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's kind of like this, like using your face as a palette. I don't know. There's something about that that's, that's kind so of interesting. True. And like also, I feel like you hear of the of of the teens who are like using their eyelids to paint photos and yes. and, and and looks. And yeah. I think that must be what it is too. I never thought of it that way, but that's so true. Yeah, the younger generation is just very cool. Yeah, like, I. I feel like I wish I was a teenager now. I do too. Like I, I went to this um, Freeform, which is like the parent network. I think it's online, maybe of ABC. Yeah, yeah. Where um, y- y- Yara Shahidi. Yeah. yeah. What's what's the name of her show? Blackish, Gro- Gronish, Gronish. Yeah. And she was the most articulate, most popping person on the panel. Yeah. And I'm like. How? Yeah. Where was what was I doing at 17, 18, 16? The the children. Anyways, I I love them. Like I'm such a huge like cheerleader for teens and them kind of just like discovering who they are. Yeah. Um, and I think they should keep their quirks about them. Yeah. And also like young boys are also so different now. Like they all have like pink colored dreads and like they're just right. Gender, everything's much more gender fluid. Mm. They're like trying new things. They're, I mean, the tattoos on the face really do scare me. <laughs> we have TRLs back in our building, and yeah. I see I, there is a rapper last week called Lil Zan. Yeah, Lil Zan. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly. I did not know who he was. Mm. Just tat, like he's 16, like tattoos all over his face, and I'm like, that's interesting. Not gonna age well. Yeah, and, and then that too. And what does tattooing your face do to your face? Exactly, because those chemicals have to like sink in somehow. It's kind of yeah. I yeah, don't I don't know. Anything else that you're not a fan of? No, I think that's really it. I think yeah. that's really it. But everything else, I'm definitely that that I may not be doing to yeah. my face. I'm intrigued by for sure. Yeah, and like I have my, I feel like I have my own appreciation for the stuff that even I wouldn't do or try. Yeah. What so. about what about all of the. Like speaking of anti-aging, like the fillers and the Botox and the you're only 27, yeah. but have you thought about any of that stuff yet? You know what? <laughs> you don't I need have, anything, by the way. I have been thinking of I've been thinking about it recently, not for myself, but because I've been noticing it more on social media, and I think also because I've been living in LA, where it's oh my, in LA it's, it's a whole more, different ballgame. Yeah, so I've been thinking about it more. I. I don't I definitely don't need Botox and I'm not like into doing that um and I don't need lip I have big yeah, lips I used to get made fun of for my lips when I was when I you know what I mean and now it's the and thing. now it's a thing yeah. um so there's not really anything I I would do I would say I actually talked about this on my podcast with um Andre Singleton okay who's the co-founder of Very Black and so we were talking about um, if we would get plastic surgery. And I would definitely get a breast reduction. Really? That's what I would definitely do. And what I plan on wow. doing. Oh, really? Okay, what what cup size are you? I'm a D. I'm a 36D. And, and you want them smaller? And I want them smaller or, like, lifted. I don't know. Just, like, something. I just want to be able to, like, wear shirts without bras, which technically I could do now, but it doesn't feel um, good. I can do that. Trust me. It's not all it's cracked <laughs> up to be. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Like, it's so interesting to me because... All I want is to be able to fill out a dress and have cleavage, <laughs> and I'm like over here rocking A's. Yeah. And you want so would would you go down to like a B or you want to be like a C? I don't know. I don't know yet. I'd have to really figure it out. I haven't done a lot of a whole lot of research yeah. yet. But what I have committed to doing, I was talking about this also with my friends. They were like, 
while while I have them, I'm definitely going to embrace them. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, but I feel like now I'm also getting into this phase where I'm showing my breasts more often. Okay. Like. I don't know. I just feel Slide. like I like that. Yeah, like it, like I am, and I think it's more of a thing where like I'm coming into my sexuality more. Yeah, I'm coming into like my body more. Like a lot, even like even what I'm wearing now is very like you don't you can't really tell that I have that, that yeah. like, I have breasts and yeah. like a lot of times like I just wear stuff that fits in a way where you don't go like wow like yeah. Darian has big boobs but like that's you, not something people think about me right and then I wear something randomly and people are like whoa you like whoa, unleash them yeah so I'm trying to have more of those moments because why not yeah of course it's like that's <laughs> that's how you were born with this like blessing yeah. so yeah you might as well but I know also a lot of people have back problems related like exactly it's not all it's cracked up to be yeah also. yeah yeah like I actually have some friends who have gotten that surgery done due to back due to back problems mm. so there's that too yeah. me it's just for vanity <laughs> just just for the look mm-hmm. just for the look okay this is my final question for you okay and you can take some time to think about it if mm-hmm. you would like to but when do you feel the most beautiful I feel the most beautiful after I've stepped out the shower and I like have a towel around me and I walk out of my bathroom and I look at my vanity, my toilet and my shower are separate. I have a separate counter for my bath, for my, where I get ready in the morning, where Mm -hmm. my faucet is and where I just turn and I look at myself and I'm just so proud and like happy of the woman who I've become honestly Mm -hmm. where it's just like you don't have any makeup you have a towel wrapped around you I'm looking bright I mean it looks like I've been taking care of my skin yeah and just to know that like at least that day I've committed to myself into getting up into being productive into like serving in whatever capacity it is that day that's a very beautiful, vivid description. <laughs> I like feel beautiful listening to it. Well, this was so much fun. Cheers to you. It's so yes, great to meet you. So great to meet you too. And thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you yeah. for sharing and being so candid. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.